everyone and welcome to the Safe Space podcast. This podcast is a safe space to talk about our mental health, spread awareness and create a community where we can relate to each other and talk about our journeys without judgment. My name is Lola and I have made this podcast with my friend Kate, who will be co-hosting alongside me through this series. In this first episode, it's just going to be me talking about my story and my journey with my mental health. I obviously want to start off with a trigger warning because I am going to be talking about sensitive mental health topics such as suicide, suicidal thoughts, trauma, abuse, bullying, addiction and hallucinations. Oh and just another heads up that I am recording in a lived-in house so there might be the occasional bird or other noises in the background. So my story starts all the way back to when I was a kid. My name is Lola and I'm in my last year of my 20s and I have known that I've struggled with my mental health pretty much all of my life. I grew up with an emotionally unavailable mum and things were quite complicated from a very early age. I was brought up in a family home with my nana, my mum and my sister. My mum had always been emotionally unavailable and it was always my nana that looked after me. For those first eight years of my life, we lived in the family home. But then it was just me, my mum and my sister, part time, who moved into a flat together. But that's when things really started to go downhill. It was coming to the end of my primary school years and I was becoming a lot more anxious about the world. But I was very lucky to have the support at school and a good support in the friends that I had. So around that time of finishing school and entering into secondary school, that's when I went through my first traumatic experience. I had been abused by someone that I thought I could trust. And although back then I could never understand what it was or what it meant, I never spoke about it to anyone. It was only when we moved into the flat that I had become aware of mum's alcoholism. And with my sister being there part-time, I was finding it very difficult to cope on my own. And I started to become more anxious and started to isolate myself. Although starting the new school, I had made a good few new friends, I was still very socially awkward and anxious at school. And I found it really, really difficult. And then my mum got into a relationship with a guy who was also the dad of an old school friend. Their relationship went really fast and he did actually move into the home within a few weeks of them being together. But I was really happy about this as I didn't have my dad around at the time. I never really did have a dad figure around so I was over the moon about having a stepdad and those really were some of the happiest years of my life. My stepdad really was the main parent I had He was the emotionally stable parent, the emotionally available parent. He gave me a sense of stability and freedom. And if it wasn't for him, I definitely would not have come out of my shell as much as I did within those few years. But unfortunately, my mum's drinking started to get worse and there was constant arguments in the house. And then I found out that he'd been cheating on my mum. When they split up and he moved out of the house, That's when my mum's drinking started to get completely out of control and I felt really, really isolated. Soon after that, she moved someone else into the home and that's when I went through my next traumatic experience. What made this situation a lot worse was that I told people that I didn't like this guy. I told people that I didn't trust him, that I didn't want to be around him and no one seemed to believe me. I never flat out told them what he did to me but I did tell them that I thought he was a creep and I felt very uncomfortable around him and I didn't want him living there. 
And I was told that I didn't want my mum to be happy. And I was missing my stepdad. And of course I was missing my stepdad. He was the only available parent that I had. But to be met with a response like that, I shut down completely. My biggest issue back then was making people think that they knew everything about me. When in reality, they didn't know half of what was going on. But that's how I survived without drawing attention to the bad trauma that I was really dealing with. I built a friendship with someone who was a complete stranger to me. And I opened up full-heartedly. And I think it was easier because this wasn't someone who had known me. That period of my life is really hard to talk about. Because every time I ran away from one abusive person, I ran into another. And it was just three solid trauma events after another. And that's when I started missing school. Or I'd leave halfway in lessons and walk around the school crying and not knowing where to put my emotions. Until finally, I opened up to an ex-best friend and I said I was done. I was done feeling like this and I didn't want to be here anymore. And she was the one that took me into the learning support block at school. And my learning support teacher, who looked after me, made me write down how I felt. And when she read it, I remember her face was full of concern. And she told me that she had to inform me that she'd have to tell the deputy head straight away. Within the hour, my mum and my nana were both called into the school and they ended up getting in contact with my GP and they put a referral through to CAMS for me. For anyone who doesn't know what CAMS is, it stands for Child and Adolescent Mental Health Services. Now, my experience with CAMS was a mixed one and I'll always have a lot of anger for how I was just discharged so quickly and if they'd actually focused on more than just my anxiety then I truly believe that my life would be so different today. So after doing the assessment, it was decided by them that if I worked on my anxiety, everything else would just get better. I'd go in every week crying and stressed with stuff that was going on at home, outside the home, and I tried to talk about my mum, and I tried to say several times that I hated her and that I didn't want to live there anymore. But I was just shut down and told that I was there for CBT for my anxiety and I shouldn't be wasting our time talking about her. Not long after that, my therapist told me she was leaving and I had to be discharged. I was such a mess and even my nana came to speak to the support workers to tell them that I wasn't ready to be discharged, with the response of, she's got to learn to deal with her anxiety on her own. And even when my nana said there is more than just anxiety here, she was shut down and said if I had any further struggles to get in touch. I felt completely and utterly abandoned and not taken seriously at all. After that, my mental health got so bad that I dropped out of school. In 2011, I had to go through some of the worst traumatic events. I battled the worst flashbacks and hallucinations. And that's when my first suicide attempt happened. If it wasn't for one of my best friends finding me, I'd not have been here. In the middle of dealing with all that, I was being cyberbullied by an ex-friend that I'd cut off a year prior and that had to be dealt with by the police. In the September of that year, I was starting at college and I'd spent the whole summer working on my anxiety and trying to get out as much as I could so I was preparing for college life. I was really excited about it. Two of my best friends from school were going and although I was extremely anxious, I thought that this was going to be the start of my life. I got there for the induction And when I was taken around to the canteen to join the other group of students, I was purposely looking around for my best friend. And when I spotted her, I seen someone turn around. And that sat next to her was that toxic friend. 
after I spent the whole summer recovering and putting everything behind me, the past was just there smirking at me. But with everyone's encouragement, I went back to college and I pretended to have no fear. And I tried to make friends. But some of the friends that I'd made friends with also had her as a mutual friend. And I just couldn't trust them. So I isolated myself. My mum was drinking all day and night at the pub. And there were nights she'd just not come home. But I didn't tell anyone. Because even though I hated her, she was still my mum. And I loved her. And I didn't want anyone thinking she was a bad mum, even though she was. I felt like I had a responsibility for her as, as, as if I was her parent. It wasn't until my sister had called me one night when I said I was staying with a friend. And she asked me where my mum was. And by that point, I was that upset and angry. I told her that she hadn't come home. And she told me to get some stuff and to stay with her. And then overnight... I moved out. I was trying to keep strong, to keep the facade, to smile, to show up to college, go home, eat, sleep, repeat. I then started meeting friends at night, started drinking, smoking, drugs, because it was the only way I felt that I could escape the hell I was suffering in my head. My anxiety and my paranoia got that bad at college. I started putting alcohol in my drinks to get me through the day. Until one day, I just said, screw this. I'm done. I felt like I was getting nowhere, so I dropped out. Just like I did with school. At that point, I had no qualifications and no hope. And that's when one of my best friends passed away at the beginning of 2013. And that's when I had my official mental breakdown. After years of being emotionally unstable, I was at my peak. Unstable relationships, addiction chronic loneliness, impulsive behaviour, extreme mood swings and self-harming. I spent years trying to hide my addictions until I was going out every night just to get some sort of escape and then I'd sleep all day and only get up when it got dark again until one night no one was responding to my messages and I spent myself crying all night and I remember just praying to God and saying please, please I can't do this anymore. And need some strength. I'd been up all night and it was about 6am one of my best friends asked me if I wanted to go to town. So I said yes. I forced myself to shower. I met him in town and then we met our other best friend. I forced myself to stay awake until I passed out and I slept the rest of the night. Out of nowhere I had strength. I spent weeks withdrawing and I got back into some sort of daily routine. My best friends never knew how much they got me through without knowing what they did. And if you're listening to this, I just want to say thank you for what you did. As I started my sober recovery, I started experiencing extreme dissociation, hallucinations and extreme flashbacks. And I was getting a lot of suicidal thoughts. So I spoke to my GP and he referred me to the crisis team. And that was just the beginning of my up and down journey with adult mental health services. In 2018, I was finally diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. When I first got this diagnosis, it was as if a massive weight had been lifted. Because all of a sudden, everything just made sense. I was told that DBT was going to be the right therapy for me. But I was in that much emotional turmoil, I wasn't ready. And at that point, groups were in person. And I couldn't have got there. 
every day I would wake up and just not want to be here. And that was so consuming. And because of that, I was constantly discharged from the services. And they'd just say I wasn't engaging. But would also say that I wasn't unwell enough to be admitted to hospital. Because of how bad my dissociation stopped me from going out, I became agoraphobic and completely housebound. I had no services, I had relapsed in my addiction, and I was also binge eating as I thought it would somehow help me keep my control of my emotions. Plot spoiler, it didn't. It was only when I was taken into hospital for a few weeks for being ill with my physical health and not knowing what was going on with me, I had a lot of time in the hospital bed to think and contemplate everything. I generally thought that I'd mess my body up that much that I was going to die. Obviously I didn't, and luckily it didn't turn out to be anything too serious that wasn't able to be sorted eventually. I spoke to the mental health team on the phone while I was in hospital, and I told them I need support and I want help for when I get home to change my life. And then just a couple of months later, I was given a care coordinator, which would be the start of turning my life around. She was the one who referred me to DBT. She prepared me for it, and I asked her, what if it doesn't work? And I remember her saying to me, if you put your all into it and work really hard, it will. I fully believe this is your time, Lola. I believe in you. And if I'm completely honest, I didn't fully believe her. I only decided to do the DBT as a thing for me to tell them, well, I did it, now what? Thinking that it wouldn't actually work. And now here I am sat here telling you all it worked. It was one of the hardest things that I did. There were so many unhealthy coping mechanisms to unlearn and so many skills to learn. It's not an easy therapy and it can be really intense. And there are moments that you might feel like giving up. But I promise for anyone who is going through DBT or who is waiting for it, I promise you, if you keep going, work hard, keep learning the skills, it works and it will change your life. I'm going to be completely honest to you guys. It's not realistic to say that life is perfect. I have had my struggles especially when my dad passed away last year. But I was able to cope with that more than I ever would have been able to before. I even married my soulmate seven months ago and we celebrated with friends and family. I'm happy. I'm living. I've had a lot of self-growth and I'm not lost anymore. I spent years not knowing who I am and what my purpose was. But now I finally do. I'm mentally and spiritually waking up and I'm finally becoming extremely self-aware. From that lost little girl who didn't have a hope or belief in anything, who has been through so much trauma, to now be a strong woman who is finally finding peace within herself. I used to believe I couldn't save myself or even help myself, while I was actually in the middle of saving myself. I know my purpose from everything that I've been through, is to help others in any way I can, even if it's sharing some light within my story. By making this podcast, I want it to be a safe place to talk about our stories and what we've been through, to help spread awareness, and I'm really excited to see where this podcast will take us. Thank you to anyone who has listened to my story today. We hope to see you all soon with another podcast.